In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who not only loves us, but shows us how to love others. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, if uh, you were here last week, you, you heard me spouting off a whole bunch of song lyrics um, a, a, about how this whole love thing uh, gets put together in our minds as a culture. And uh, how when we turn on our radio or uh, when, when we turn on the playlist on our phone or whatever it is, however you listen to music, how a, at least probably 75% of those songs are about the topic of love. And how we understand love a lot of times in terms of how we hear it being spoken to us through those songs and how we love others then kind of necessarily comes out of that. I, I remember being a kid in, in like high school and I remember being very confused about certain dating situations and how was I going to navigate this. And so the first place that I went to was my trusty CD collection. And so I flipped through and I tried to find the ro most romantic of CDs and uh, tried to listen to them and tried to figure out, okay, how do I express my love for this person? How do I express that I like them? How do I, how do I even uh, deal with this problem sometimes? I, I, I distinctly remember, and this shows my age, distinctly remember going to the first Oasis album, some of you know what I'm talking about. And using that as sort of a primer on how to deal with a very kind of, well, bad relationship. Because that's what the two brothers in Oasis have for one another. Um, if you know anything about them, they fight a lot. And, and so how we understand love, how we show love, a lot of times gets tied up in uh, what we're listening to about love. Which... In a world of uh, the the stuff that's currently on the top 100 of Billboard, uh, I, I'm interested in seeing how how we show love is changing. Uh, there, there's some different things that are happening there than what they are than how they had been in other decades. And speaking of other decades, I'm I'm going to go with one that's a, a little a song that's a little racy. And, and so I hope that you'll forgive me for kind of um, throwing this one out there. But I think it actually does the best job of uh, kind of displaying what we're talking about today in this sense that we get in the psalm of, of show me how to love you. Because that's what the people of Israel are crying out to God for. They, they're crying out for this sense of show us how to worship you. Show us how to love you. How do we do this? And, and you can kind of understand it from them because this God, this, this amazing God who created the heavens and the earth, this amazing God who is above all things, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, and they're just saying, I, I don't know. Do, do I ask you out? You maybe would get that sense from some contemporary Christian music today. Uh, and yet, 
we have this confusion about how to how to love God. And, and usually, what we do is well, we we go to how what we think that we're supposed to love God instead of necessarily even how he wants to be loved. And so there's this boys to men song. Yeah. I watched the video this week. That was shameful. All of that 90s fashion, bright colors and stripes everywhere. Ugh. Don't worry, we'll say the same thing about right now a little bit later. But they, they wrote this song that, that very steadily rose to the top of the charts, and it was called, I'll Make Love to You. And it, it just brings back memories of, like, homecoming dances for me. Because it was the, the, the jam, it was the, the slow track that you finally had to get the courage to ask that girl to dance with you and all of that stuff. And the way that the song goes, like I said, it's a little bit racy, so please forgive me, but I, I think it does bring out kind of a, a, a you know, Song of Solomon sense of love. And it's, I'll make love to you like you want me to, and I'll hold you tight. Baby, all through the night. Again, I'm going to say those words. I'll make love to you like you want me to. And when you think about those words, what that sentence is saying, when you think about what that sentence actually isn't saying, and you read between the lines, you kind of hear something about boys to men that maybe makes you want to put yourself at a little bit of a distance from them. Because it's, I'll make love to you like you want me to. Not how I want to. And so I'll sacrifice my time in order to make love to you in this way that you seem to like, but really isn't my thing. Well, I, I think that that's how we approach God sometimes. That we approach God in this sense of, well, God, I'll worship you like I want to. And so... The question then becomes, how do you want to worship God? You know, do you want to worship God by sitting in a small-ish kind of room and singing songs and going through liturgy and hearing a sermon, having some bread and some wine, His body and His blood, being baptized? Or, or are you the type that's more like, well, you know, I really like to worship God out on my fishing boat looking at nature. Or are you the type that is a little bit more pietistic, papietistic? That's a joke from Bible study. Where you, you say, well, I'm just going to live my life as the best person that I can be. 
You see, all of those are forms of worship, and all of those are actually legitimate forms of worship. From the receiving God's sacraments, receiving God's words, singing praise to him, that's very legitimate. Going out into nature and enjoying this beautiful rainy day that we have and enjoying the wonderful days that we've had weather-wise here in Tallahassee, that is legitimately worship. If you say, God created all of this and, and God is doing this for me and this is amazing, thank you God. Or if it's going out and it's serving your neighbor and trying to be the best person that you can be, those are all legitimate forms of worshiping God. But the thing is, there's a bunch of them. And I think so often that we kind of get stuck in just one form of showing God that we love Him. Whether that be turning on 88.1, raising our hands and singing along with the radio. Or whether that be something else sometimes a little bit of variety is good to put into this spiritual life that we have together and if you don't then you start ending up with this sort of uh, unhealthy sort of uh, one-sided way of approaching God I think Madonna does a good job of showing this one um I'm going to have to warn you, no, no Charlie XCX this time. Liz told me that nobody knew who she was. Um, so n- nothing too modern. Uh, Madonna, you should all be able to grasp. Material girl. Right? I'm a material girl. A- and what's that song all about? It's all about how what she wants out of life is not necessarily what this person has to offer to her in terms of time, in times of in terms of romance. All Madonna really wants is some money. All she really wants is a few gifts. Because she's a material girl. She she wants that material stuff that she can look at. And there have been many people that have looked at the different ways that we love people. There's this book out there called The Five Love Languages, and that's one of those languages. Giving gifts and receiving gifts. But if that's all that you're doing, well, it begins to look a little bit like material girl. And then on the other side, we have Prince. Friends who, who sings the, the this song Kiss, and, and when, when he's he's singing to this person that he's trying to woo, he, he's uh, saying, in fact, the exact opposite of what Madonna is saying in the Material Girl. He's saying, I, I don't need your money, I don't need any of that. I just want your extra time and your kiss, right? Well, what does God want? Does God want our money? He does ask us to tithe. But is he a material God? Is that the only thing about him? 
Is God then like Prince, where he doesn't want your money? He just wants your extra time. And we're not quite that super high church liturgical that we go around kissing things in here. Well, I think the answer actually has been staring us in the face for about a year now as to um, what God wants. And I think it's even in this psalm. God loves you. Love his church. Love his world. The psalm starts off with that God loves you part. And even though it doesn't seem like there's something that is being sort of asked of you in that, it's supposed to be a declarative sentence where God loves you, period. There is something that is being asked of you. And that is that you have faith in that, that you believe in that, that you put your trust in that. That you actually believe that God does love you. And that's the most important thing, that you believe that when Jesus died on that cross, that He died on that cross because He loved you enough that He wanted to rescue you from your sins so that you could be with Him forever. Well, and the next two are, are pretty much just sort of uh, God loves you, and you can squish the next two down into a little bit more simpler form, act like it. And this is where it gets really kind of weird and confusing, but kind of cool, too. You see, the rest of the psalm says, uh, is the people of Israel crying out to God, show us how to love you, show us how to love you, teach us your ways, teach us your precepts. And how does God do that? Well, God comes and he shows us himself, right? With Jesus Christ living amongst us, being with us. And so God loves us, but then God says, here's how you love me. You act like my son. If you really want to know how to love God, it's acting like his son. And what did his son do? His son loved the church. His son loved the people who believed in God, who were willing to have faith in God. And his son loved the world. Those people that haven't quite come to that readiness of belief. God loves you. Love His church. Love His world. It's all wrapped up in the cross. And so God shows us how He loves us by giving us His Son delivered to us on a cross. And then He says, take up your cross. And love the world. Love the church. That's how you love me. You don't have to sing songs. You don't have to help that nice lady across the street. You don't have to go out there and work your hardest at being a nice person. 
the freedom. As long as that freedom directs you towards love and belief. So how do you love God? You believe that he loves you. You act like you love.